This week's episode is brought to you by Travelsmith. Thanks, Travelsmith, for signing up to support us for another year. Woo, you rock. Go to Travelsmith.com and you can look as cool as us when you travel. Yeah, because we're cool. Oh, oh, oh. This one time. So, this one time. This one time? <laughs> this, you know what? This one time. This one time. Oh my God, this one time. The podcast. <laughs> nice sound. I need a break like that so I know exactly okay. what to do. I don't think point. that's one you've done before. Hey, just greetings from Bangkok. In just a moment, funny man Nick Robertson comes to share a story of his travels. He's a full-time Snapchatter now. That's kind of cool. But before we get there, hello, my lover. Hello, baby. And hello, everyone. I'm Sheila D. And I am Evo Terra. And have we got a story for you. Do you recall, my love, when we were in Malaysia last month, to redo the visa applications, which we've now screwed up and have to do it again in a minute. But that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> we didn't screw them up. Things just changed. Yeah. We had just gotten to Malaysia, crawled off the plane, and you might remember the gigantic line, the great oh. unwashed masses trying to come into Malaysia. There was a crazy crazy amount of people coming through passport control immigration passport control in malaysia is officially and i looked this up before we get on the show it's the worst really it's literally the worst place in the world is that how they categorize it yep it's the listed worst? if you just type in worst immigration experience ever malaysia shows up and there's a picture of us in the <laughs> twice we've been through it now. it has been it but it's been like both both times we've had interesting experiences like on the crazy side like super long lines and lines that become multiple different lines and then like this last time as we were leaving there's nobody in line. Malaysian Im immigration is terrible if you fly into Kuala Lumpur which you will at some point we do because it's the closest and well not necessarily the closest but usually the cheapest place for it's us to go easiest. and KL's a cool city there's yeah. lots of fun stuff we to have do friends there, there except for the nightmare that is getting through yeah immigration yeah. it's terrible we got off the plane this last time went to immigration control and as I mentioned earlier there were these giant snaking lines that didn't make a whole lot of sense where they were. They bleed into each other because if you remember, there's side, there's two different sides that when you go through the lines, you meet in the middle and go out. But when you when you're trying to get in line, they they kind of form together. I think what happened is in 1958, <laughs> about when the Malaysians kicked the English out, when they kicked the British out and said, no, no, our country, you're no longer being in charge here anymore. They also said, and those silly cues, take those with you as well. We're just going to do things on a much more random and chaotic scale. And have they embraced that? Yes, that they do. With a passion. But like any sort of chaotic environment, there's order in the chaos. Oh, there's definitely order in the chaos. Once you figure out what it is and don't try and force the issue. But right. we found our line. 
I did what I sometimes try and do, and that's force additional order on Weird Chaos, which is odd. I mean, it's a really, really odd thing for me to say that I like to force order on chaos because, I mean, let's face it, I'm kind of a chaos and me, we, we kind of... Yeah, but you want others to fall in line. You just don't want to fall in line. Well, obviously, the last part is definitely true. I, I certainly I agree with you there. I, I don't want to fall in line or follow orders. Uh, I think I just like screwing with the situation. No, you you really don't like it when others step in front of you. Well, see, and there's where I wanted to go <laughs> before you get to the end of the story automatically. This is why you don't tell the stories on the show. It's my job to do. But I shall get forward. I'll, I'll skip past me trying to shape the line a little better so that people could get by more easily and not be confused. I won't talk about all of those things that I did, which made the entire experience better for everyone. I think the entire country of Malaysia will thank me for that. It made it better for you. You felt better in the end. And everyone else. Where I really felt better was when the angry French woman oh, yeah. showed up. Yes. Now, to set the stage for this a moment, you're already picturing in your mind, listener, a very chaotic scene. But it's chaos outside of the roped area, which right. you are used to seeing, as you've seen in, in, in movie theaters, you've seen in amusement parks. It's the little weird silver pylons with the nylon strip that goes between them. That When we get there, the order is mostly adhered to, at least temporarily. Right. But this was the chaos outside of that. Where there were no, like, true queues. Exactly. Like, there was a queue, but there was no official line. Because in classic Malaysian style, they didn't bother to check and realize that all of these flights were coming into right. the country and would be needing immigration. And so they put up, like, a, I don't know, 20 meters worth of the ropey stuff. And we probably had 150 meters of people lined up. There were only three agents. A bad scene altogether. So... As we are just about to approach the gated area where the pylons and the nylon strips are, mm -hmm. that's when the obnoxious French lady showed up. Standing right there, ignoring the line, like trying to wedge her way in between the nylon and the people who, again, go back for around 120. 40 meters of people back. Nope, I'm just going to stand right here where the line is supposed to officially begin. And then I'm going to pretend to not speak any other language besides French so that when people try and tell me to go to the back of the line, I'm going to ignore it. That's pretty much what she did, yes? That is pretty much what she did. But what did you do? Well, then she encountered me. Well, <laughs> but... You give her this death stare before yes. she even turns to look at you. You've got that, you shall move. Exactly look. right. <laughs> Which I find funny-esque. You're not going to accidentally think I was looking at something else when I put that stare upon you. I want you to acknowledge me. That gives you the way out of going, oh, someone has recognized I'm doing something wrong. I should now crawl back in my shell and run away. <laughs> She didn't do that. No, she didn't. Because she's French. Probably. Or she's just a <laughs> not a nice person. And the other, there's someone else in line in front of me who was, I don't know what flavor of Asian. It could have been Malaysian. It could have been Thai. Who, who knows what it was. Tried to explain to her that it was back in the line. And she's like, I don't know. I only speak French. She's saying this in English. I only speak French. But you said it in English. <laughs> so you probably speak something other than that. Anyhow, this lady finally turns and looks at me 
And I get next to her and I say, excuse me. I think I said, excuse me. You did. I probably said, excuse me. But it was probably a little more dripping than that. I don't know that dripping. Mm. It was a little bit uh, sharp. Yo. No, there was no yo. All right. But that was the intent. You don't roll with yo. That's true. I don't. <laughs> so I explained to the woman, you are trying to cut in front of all of these people. Right. Pointed back behind. And she's, well, where is the end of the line? I said, you can find it by following all of these people. Just continue to walk and you will find the end of the line. Right. And she says to me something like, well, that gentleman up there was very aggressive. You're being nice. And I'm thinking, what? This is aggression. <laughs> the, 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 the Asian guy was just simply didn't speak very good English, and you're pretending you didn't speak any at all. And she said, well, okay, I'm, I'm French. To which I said, that's obvious. <laughs> and then she walked away. And as she walked away, trying to find the back of the line, which everybody else could figure out, right behind us there was... Another gentleman, some sort of farong, you might remember. He had a a beard, uh, dark hair, and he's just looking bewildered. And I said, something along the lines of French people or something like that. And he just just smiled and nodded and went on. He lives on floor 27 of this building. Are you serious? (laughs) I ran into him in the elevator today. Did he remember you? He says, were you in Malaysia? (laughs) But he said more like this way. What, I, and I can't do a French accent, but he had a French accent. <laughs> you were the gentleman in front of me at the French at the Malaysian airport when the woman comes by and tries to get him. Yes, I remember you well. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I remember you. And he's got, he's got lunch. I'm going, oh, you got lunch and you're in our building. You're, uh, I'm going up to floor 18. You're going to floor 27. Oh, hi, neighbor. Nice to meet you. Yes, yes, very nice to meet you too. Wow. Small world. Small world. In, out, in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out, in, touch left, out, in, out, in, out, in, out, in, in, out, in, out, in, touch right, and rest. I, there's a day that I can't remember. I was in a, I was in a ten-bed dormitory. And I remember waking up, feeling awful, passing out, I think, waking up and suddenly it was like four in the afternoon. I was like, I don't know what's happened, but I could, I could barely eat. I could barely like talk. And this is my first week in Australia. I've still got a year to go. Trigger warning. If you're squeamish about spiders, zombies, or backpackers, proceed with caution. Hey there, how's it going? Uh, I'm Nick Robertson. I'm a um, Snapchat comedian. Uh, well, well, I try. I, I, re- I really try, and it's going okay. But I just, I needed to come on here to talk to you about some other issues. In I'm joking. I do Snapchat. I make silly videos every day uh, for a couple of different things, and I'm really lucky to be able to um, to start turning Snapchat into into my full time job. So no, it's very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Before we get to Nick's story, quite funny and a little gross, he needs to tell you about Snap Happen. So Snap Happen happens on the 22nd of September here in London. It's the first ever Snapchat event. And in the evening, there is the Ghosty Awards, which is the first ever Snapchat award ceremony, like the Oscars, but a little bit bigger. And um, it's going to be one of the, you know, hopefully the catalyst for a Snapchat revolution, which is on its way. So look out for it. and be sure to check it out at snaphappen.com. 
Now, let's get to Nick's unfortunate story of a bad encounter with a white-tailed creature. That sounds nice and fluffy, doesn't it? Uh, my background is actually in performance. I trained as an actor. And then I, um, I started a production company and we sort of toured the UK with uh, pieces of theater and we wrote some radio and things. Moved to London to pursue that. Sort of got tied up in London making content for people and so that's where I sort of started my internet stuff. But before I got stuck in London, I wanted to get out. I wanted to see the world. I was that cliched, you know, 23 year old, I think I was at the time. Um, absolute cliche, oh, I, I, I don't want to settle down yet. I need, to, I need to see what the world can offer me. I need to see what else is out there. And uh, so me and my friend, we decided to um, leave our job in London and we booked three months to go to Southeast Asia. We were gonna go Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, and Cambodia. Um, so left, we, we disappeared. I packed my bag full of, I think I, to, when I first left, I had everything. You know, I had everything down to like a toothpick. Like I'd never used a toothpick in my life before traveling, let alone. But you might need to splint something with a toothpick. It's, it's possible. <laughs> I might need to splint my little finger or, <laughs> I um, so we disappeared. Flew over to Bangkok, arrived in the, one of the most incredible cities in the world, as you know, mm -hmm. and uh, had just the craziest time. We, we went all the way up to Chiang Mai, and then we went to Pai, and then down over through Laos, and, and down through Vietnam. We, we rode uh, motorbikes through the, the Haivan Pass, which is one of the most beautiful and surreal experiences ever. Um, did all this, three months was coming to an end, and suddenly I was like, hmm, I don't really want to... I don't really want to go home yet. I think this is kind of fun doing this sort of wandering, traveling backpack. So I used my last sort of bit of money to uh, pay for my visa to Australia and flights and disappeared to Australia. And I got my, got my visa there. Uh, so I had a year. I had a year to go and enjoy being Australian. Oh, you got, that's right. Because being a, a UK citizen, you can give a much longer stay in Australia. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a really cool thing. I you get you get a year visa if you so you just pay some money and you get the year, and then to get a second year you have to do three months worth of agricultural work. So you have to pick fruit or like dig holes or uh, d dust, sweep up, things like that. Man, they're they're really clinging to their history of manual labor from people from England, aren't they? Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, they really really are like hey it's like it's really really built into their 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 economy there but it's cool like you meet a lot of people doing that so anyway i obviously i had three months of of uh riding around mountains on mopeds getting up every day dirt tracks and um, i'd be i slept in the jungle up in chiang mai for a few nights and um, where honestly I, I well i say slept i didn't even close my eyes i don't think it's the loudest place on the planet you're trying to get to sleep and i swear I was, I heard things, I heard, it was a living nightmare of sounds. <laughs> I know you're trying to sleep on a bamboo rock. Like you can't, uh, there's, it, it, I didn't sleep. Yeah, the jungles are alive. Jungles are come alive at night. They, they don't get quiet ever. They just move. Like everything is moving. Like you, you open your eyes in the dark and I swear it, my mattress was moving. It wasn't a mattress, my mat was moving. I could feel I, I was getting eaten alive by I don't know what. But I was in the jungle there. I, um, we did 37-hour bus rides. We did two-day-long boat rides down the, the Mekong River in, um, in Laos. We went tubing in Laos. For people that don't know what tubing is, that's where you, you jump on a big rubber ring. 
and you essentially start at the top of a river, which is really, really quite flat, fast and deep. And uh, you float down this river and then somebody throws you a rope and they pull you into bars at the side where you go and play game, drinking games, and you, you all have a very, very merry time. And then you jump back in the river and those two things mixed together equal very dangerous. So I, I remember I was floating down and I thought I was thought it would be a great idea to I'd like not backflip because that sounds very graceful. But I I did a roly poly in reverse, and uh, I I appeared up from the water. I had lost my vest. I'd lost my my Ray Ban sunglasses were gone. So somebody somebody in uh, in Lao looks great right now. So um, after doing all this incredibly dangerous stuff and feeling fine about it, never really had any problems. I think I stubbed my toe once. I jumped on a plane to Australia where I, I thought, amazing, we're going back to, you know, modern life, you know, uh, everything's going to be easy, I can understand people, I can get a job, it can be really civilized, maybe look at getting a little apartment, all these exciting things. People had warned me about Australia. They said, uh, they said Nick, hey, you, you don't want to go to Australia because there's, shark, there's like sharks in the sink. There, you can't be going to Australia, <laughs> dude. And I was like, no way, don't be sh- ridiculous, like it's all... I'll be fine. I've just done all this stuff in Southeast Asia. Of course, I'll be fine. I turned up in Melbourne, and I was staying in a 10-bed dorm, which is sort of, as it sounds, 10 people share sort of five bunk beds, hostel life. I mean, you just get used to that, which is fine. Um, And in my first week in Australia, I was bitten on the face by a spider. (laughs) On the face. Like, not like, I, I honestly couldn't believe it. I, I woke up one morning, it was at night, so the thing got me when I was at my most vulnerable. He's obviously, he'd been waiting for me at the airport, I'm sure. He's followed me the entire, the entire time I was there. For that week, he scoped me out. Oh, this guy's, this guy's on the top bunk, let's get him. Let's, let's ruin his first week in Australia. And uh, I woke up in the morning, and I... I Honestly, my head was swollen five times the size. Wow. I had the, the, my cheek, was, it was like I had a watermelon in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I, looked mm-hmm. like, I looked like an ugly elephant man. <laughs> like I was like just a whole bunch of bubbles. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. I, so I obviously went to the, the doctor and, like, you know, put a hood on, like <laughs> put a cape on, sure. like, like, drew, like Quasimodo. I <laughs> limped to the, to the hospital. And they said, oh, yes, yeah, it looks like you've been bitten on the face by a, by a white-tailed spider. And I could oh. not believe it. I had, I had got to Australia, having been warned about things, and I know everything in Australia does try and kill you. There are snakes and spiders and um, scorpions and surfers. Surfers are the worst. They'll get you. But the, <laughs> um, I'd been warned about this, but I didn't believe it because I was, I was obviously so confident with my, my young... Um, backpacker lifestyle that I'd just been living for three months. I, I'll be fine no matter what happens. I was basically incarcerated for a week. I could barely move. I could hardly eat. And then, this is cool. I say cool, it's terrible. It's one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me. I was having a breakfast with, 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 a, with a, a lady, a nice, nice lady at the time. And um, she was obviously, don't worry about your face. It doesn't matter. Let's just go for breakfast somewhere. We'll, you know cheer it up. It's gone down. It was a couple of days after it happened, so it had gone down a little bit. We're sitting there having, uh, having some breakfast. I think it was I had eggs on toast, I believe. Lovely. And she said, oh, Nick, you guys got something on your, on, your, on your face. I thought, oh, okay, I've got ketchup or something on me. Dabbed sure. it, and she was like, oh, oh, Nick, no. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Oh, 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 no. And 
a waterfall of green mucusy uh, sort of was falling out of my face. That was the time it decided to break free, huh? While you're sitting. I, I mean, in the public, <laughs> in the public, on a nice little breakfast that I'd break, oh. I was like, "Oh, I'll go. Okay, I'll go out. I'll, I'll, you know, I won't just mope in my my dorm." And honestly, it, it I, I jumped up and I was like, "Excuse me, excuse me, darling. I'm just going to just going to nip to the the little boys' room for a second. Mm. <laughs> Went out back and oh my goodness, I don't want to even, <laughs> I, I don't even want to." have to describe the green cottage cheese that was falling out of my <laughs> so you're you're already elephant man yeah at, 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 at the restaurant and now you've turned into a zombie I, and your face is just decaying in real time for the rest of the world i'm actually leaking like I, it is actually one of the most embarrassing semi-satisfying because <laughs> yeah <laughs> experiences of my life oh my goodness thinking back on it now it's just so bad so bad that was me bitten on the face by a spider in melbourne uh, australia um when you were in the bathroom um looking at yourself did you get attacked by a shark (laughs) i was by this point was so wary i had my shark goggles on and i also carried a harpoon everywhere i was ready for it he must have been in the uh the kitchen at the time. Is the card cleared? Uh, no. However, we have an hour 21 remaining on Think it. Think so. we can fill it? Gods, no. <laughs> That's going to be my, my goal today, just to fill the card. Ugh. Thank you, Travel Smith, for your continued support. Seriously, Travelsmith, thank you very much. And uh, as we mentioned at the top of the program, thanks for signing up to be our key sponsor for yet another year, You Rock. And for you out there, listener, if you've not yet done it, pretty please with sugar on it, click the link on our website, go to Travelsmith, or just go to Travelsmith.com. Lots of really cool things that I wear all the time. I'm not just saying that because they pay me uh, or they give me free clothes, but I wear these clothes all the time. They are awesome. Travelsmith.com. We love our patrons at patreon.com for their monthly support. Patrons. We love our patrons. We fill out postcards and send them to them every single month. Patrons really, outside of Travelsmith, big sponsor of ours, a, a huge portion of our income comes from people like you who listen to the program, who say, I love it so much, I want to give you guys a couple of bucks every month. And in return, we give them a postcard. Every month, we mail postcards to people from wherever we happen to be in the world. If you want to be on our list of postcard recipients, go to shivo.wtf slash postcards or patreon.com slash OPP Travelers. Our music is by Valea Valea. Thanks for listening, listener. I am Evo Terra. And I'm Sheila D. For more information about us, where we're going, all the crazy stuff that we're into, and how you can bail us out of jail, visit us at shivo.wtf.com.